0: Welcome to the Civil War Regiments podcast, here to provide you with the reading of accounts of the common soldiers of the American Civil War, the eyewitnesses who lived, fought, suffered, and died through five years of brutal conflict. It is my hope that the reading of these accounts will make history come alive for you and offer a better understanding of the daily lives during the American Civil War. Today's account is from Soldiering, The Civil War Diary of Rice C. Bull, edited by K. Jack Bauer. At the age of 20 years old, Rice Bull enlisted in the 123rd New York Regiment in August 1862. The young New Yorker survived the war, fighting in major campaigns in the eastern and western theaters. In the following account, Bull describes enlisting into the army and heading off to war, noting that he and his comrades were mere boys embarking on an adventure. Here follows his account. On August 13th, 1862, I worked with my father in the oat field until noon, gathering the grain. That afternoon I went to Fort Anne and signed the papers that bound me to Army Service for three years, unless sooner discharged. I became a member of Company D., A 123rd Regiment, New York Volunteer Infantry. That night, I stopped at the Battle Hill Hotel in Fort Anne. The next morning, in company with several others who were to be my comrades, I took wagon for Salem, where the regiment was being organized, and would camp until it was ordered to some place for preliminary training. We arrived in Salem on the afternoon of the 14th, and found a large number of men already there. They were camped in a little valley near the railroad shops. Large Sibley tents had been erected, each with a capacity of from 12 to 15 men. The ground under the tents was covered with straw, which furnished bedding. Nothing had yet been issued in the way of military equipment. No uniforms, blankets, guns, or knapsacks. Blankets had been secured from some source to make beds, but not much was needed in the way of covering, as it was hot August weather. I was given space in a tent where Spencer and I were together. When we reached camp, we found that 80 men had reported, but that we were still short 20 men for a full company. Some of these had already enlisted but not reported. Our company was to be from the three townships of Fort Ann, Dresden, and Putman. Our officers were Captain John Barron, 1st Lieutenant Alexander Anderson, and 2nd Lieutenant Edward Quinn. The non-commissioned officers had not yet been appointed. After we had been in camp three days, Captain Barron sent me back to Fort Ann to enlist more men. This I did, and 14 men joined. I was at this work for about a week, and had an opportunity to go home, make a visit, and again say goodbye. When I returned to Salem... Our company was full and numbered 104 officers and men. The non-commissioned officers were then elected by the men, and their action approved by the colonel. I was elected a corporal. I would not go into much detail of our stay in Salem. There were some attempts made at drilling, but there was no parade ground as the field on which we were camped was small and nearly covered with tents. Every day, the friends of the new soldiers kept coming from all parts of the county. Since they were in great numbers and swarmed over the camp, military order or discipline was next to impossible. By September 1st, recruiting was finished and all the companies had full numbers. Physical examination was then made and nearly all passed and were accepted. Then we received our uniforms and most of our equipment which included old-fashioned Enfield rifles. They were ungainly pieces, having the look of old age. We carried these guns for some weeks, but before going into active service, they were exchanged for Springfield muskets, a much better weapon. With our other equipment, we got our knapsacks in which we were supposed to place all of our baggage and belongings. One of the puzzles that confronted us was how in that limited space we could carry all the good things our friends, with the kindest intentions, had given us. A list of the articles sent me would have made quite the inventory, and I could have packed them. It would have required a Samson to carry them. It was impossible to get half of them in my knapsack, so after sorting and discarding for a long time, I finally sent home a larger bundle than I took with me. Even then, my knapsack bulged on every side, and to an old soldier would have been an object of derision. Later experience taught us how little was necessary. On September 4th, we were mustered into the service of the United States. Orders came at once for us to leave by train September 5th. The news of our sudden departure was known in every part of the county that night, and in the morning thousands of people were in Salem. I am sure the village never before or since has so great a throng of visitors. The soldiers' relations, neighbors and friends were there to give the boys their farewell word, their goodbye, their well wishes, and to see them off on their long journey. With many it was to be the last farewell. It was not a happy day. It was a day of sadness. Finally, late in the afternoon... We shouldered our knapsacks and marched to the train, the great crowd following us. Then there was the last handshake and kiss. The train slowly started. The people lining the track were so wrought with emotions that they found no voice to cheer. They silently waved their hands while we could see their faces filled with tears. When we moved away from the station and were out of sight of our people... A feeling of relief came, for most of us were only boys, and the love of home and friends was strong. We were leaving for the first time, not to go to some place to engage in a peaceful pursuit that we fight might better our lives, but go into a service of danger and privation, and possibly death. Under any circumstances leaving home was a serious matter. But on this day, the presence of our families and friends, although they did try to hide their feelings, was very trying, and we were glad when the parting was over. The boys were themselves again, and jokes and songs could be heard in every part of the train. Corporal Rice C. Bull, 123rd New York Infantry